Good Kurdish, everybody. Welcome to J-Mood Radio, which you are tuned to, the station that does listen to you. Hope you enjoyed the radio thon. Sorry I wasn't on board with you, but please keep those pledges coming. Help support the station that does listen to you as we try to move ahead with full concentration, with full focus. Kavit Shem Shemayim, Kavit Atayra. Those are not just words which we use. We mean them sincerely. And if you're following us on J-Root, whether you're uh, on the, uh, the radio dial or on the streaming dial or on the podcast dial or on the web dial, whichever dial you're dialing into, the phone line dial especially, wherever you are, let us know that you're out there and that you enjoy the program and you want to be part of the Join the J-Root revolution, which is what's going on with us. Speaking of revolutions, this is Ferrets B.A.K. Join the revolution right here with me on J-Root. And then my coaching lines are going to be open. We're going to tell you more about that. You have something on your mind and on your heart. We're going to try and clear the obstacles to bring meaning, value, and purpose to each and every one of our lives. Not that I claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. We can start today at 718 I've got a great story for you passed on to me by several people, uh, a son-in-law, in fact, brought down the name of Rabbi Prime Waxman's Ovengazund, and from uh, Rabbi Ashir, who also brings down the very same story from Ephraim Waxman. So it's a story which has been going around. If you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. And I'm going to be telling it to you very shortly. But first, what's on your mind today? Okay, we're uh, less than a week from the elections for the president of these great United States. What are you holding with that? What do you think? Who are you voting for? And why? you think it makes a difference? And... Uh, what do you think is going to be good for Unzer Chavr? What do you think? Uh, have you asked your doctor what they think? What's your opinion? Where are you going with this? And why do you think it's important? Are you voting, in fact? And who are you voting for? Or why do you think it's important to, to vote in general and for the candidate of your choice? Why don't you share that thought with us right here on J-Root, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And, of course, more importantly, anything that's on your mind in terms of starting off the Naya Yor with all the, the focus and resolution of our resolutions, the Kabbalahs, if you were, that each of us somehow, somewhere, made along the line between Elo and Simplest Torah that we were going to do this year. Remember, we talked about three of them. Five minutes more day of learning, learning two halakhs a day of Shmir Salashan, all this is Bli of course and to be Mavatar. Any of those things, if you've implemented them, let me know. Whether it be Mavatar, if you have, and how you have, and the impact it's had. If you've been learning two alakas of Shmir Salash in a day, and if you've increased or encouraged somebody else to increase the learning, or anything else that's on your mind. 718-683-5858, we want to hear from you today, right now. j driving home from wherever you are, driving to someplace, wherever you are. This is the station I listen to you, Green Light, straight ahead. There's the Shem on our way to the Golden Light that we'll see in the distant, not too near distant future when the Sheikh is on his way. And we look at that in very real, practical terms. Each and every one of us is dominating for it every day. And I, I guess it's safe to say we need him more than ever, right? More than ever. We've always needed him. But now as you look around the world with so much, so much at stake, for the world at large, Kral Yisrael in particular. And of course, we know that whatever goes on in the world, 
does revolve around quality control. It does, doesn't it? You think about it. No matter which way you turn, which way you look, somehow it has something to do with who we are as Am Yisrael. We are an or the Gula, a right to the nation. Did I say Gula? I mean Gola. Hopefully we will be the light to the Gula. That will be true. All right. Now there's a couple of things that are coming down the pike that we all need to know about. I want to tell you about that. I want to tell you this story. So I'm going to begin by telling it to you. And I would like to get your reaction. And I would want you to call in in response to the story and response to the other things which we spoke about. So after I tell the story, you can respond to that or anything else, which includes who are you voting for in the current election. You know, the election for president of the United States of America coming up a week from yesterday. And we'd like to know. Are you voting for Secretary Clinton, Mrs. Hillary Clinton, Mrs. Bill Clinton? Or are you voting for Donald Trump on the Republican ticket? Or somebody else, maybe you're writing in or an independent. But if you are voting, we'd like to know. Let's do a little j poll here, okay? Would you call us in right after I tell you this story? So get your phones ready. You can call me about the story I'm about to tell you. Or you can call me about La Habdullah as well as the election that's coming up. I assure you the story I'm about to tell you is much more important than um, the election, though the election is certainly important and world events which will come out of it. And I'm not trying to diminish that. It's certainly important. But the lesson we're about to learn from this story supersedes the, the Hashivas of even the presidential election. And you're going to understand why when I tell you the story. Because whatever happens with the presidential election, one thing you can rest assured of, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is running everything. Leiv Malachim B'yad Hashem. Leiv Malachim B'yad Hashem. The heart of kings is in the hands of Hashem. But, or not, there's no buts about it, as one of the Gedolites told us, that's for sure who's going to win. And the heart of who's going to win is in the hands of Kaddish Baruch Our responsibility, our acharayas, is to get out there and vote. Whoever's going to win, make your hashtag All right, here's the story. So I'd like to get your reaction to this. And also, as I mentioned, I'd like to hear who you're voting for. You can be anonymous if you want, or you can let us know your name, and uh, why you're voting for that particular party. Okay, so share that with us. You're on J-Root, the station that listens to you. All right, sit back. Here in your car, put on your seatbelt. You're going to need it, especially this story, uh, just to keep your emotions in rain. Okay, there, you know, there are there are many people in life. I, I always say everybody needs some sort of sort of Yeshua, and problems kind of weigh people down, as Rabbi Asher tells us. They think about them day and night, tug and knock, knock and tug, in a constant state of anxiety, which we should never really be in. We should always be botech and the Kaddish Baruch and never, ever be anxious. Yet, they don't turn to the Yavishter for help. Why? Because either they, they're unworthy or because they feel the masses has to be shown low with hope. David Melech reminds us in Tehillim that both of these attitudes are incorrect. Hashem HaChesed Vayim Ofedus Im Yael Yisrael El Hashem we're to hope to Kaddish Baruch Hu in every, every situation. Because the Abish is filled with rachman, mercy. 
and has an abundance of salvation. Rabbeinu Yona explains that even if a person, listen to this, is filled with, with sin, with errors, the Rabbani Shalom will still help the person just because he or she relies on Hashem's chesed. That is sufficient for Hashem to help. Even if it appears that there's no hope, lo aleinu, arbe amo fedus, or is that, did I get that right? Arbe imo fedus. Yes, amo is his people, and imo is with him. Arbe imo fedus. Hashem has countless, unending, limitless ways of helping, ways which we could not ever imagine. As a friend of mine just related to me today, dear friend in Lakewood, Matzah that he could not see his way out of. It was so dark and so unimaginable of how we would get out of it. And then the Yeshua came and he said, it was so clear with the Yad Hashem. And we all have experiences like that. And the more we look for it, the more we'll see it. Okay. Now, if I am telling the story about a man in the 60s. Now, my understanding is this is a true story. And I would like to verify the story. If you have any verification of it, please let me know. I would like to go right to the primary source. Let's call a man Joe. In his 60s, and he was telling the story to somebody about a scene of a Masekha that he completed in Eretz Israel. Now, the man said that his parents had survived the Holocaust and came out with zilch, zippity doo nothing! And, unfortunately, they gave up on Yiddishkeit. And when he was born, they gave him the bris miller that they understood needed to be done, but that was it. He grew up totally secular, went to public school, got mixed up with wrong friends, the bad guys that were to influence his life. And by the time he was in his 20s, boy, he was really headed in the wrong direction at at a very, very fast pace. And he was making lots of guilt. Money, money, money was all coming in, coming in. He was just making it, raking it in with illegal activities with two very unsavory non-Jewish partners. One day, they met in the restaurant. Okay, Joey, we got a big deal for you, Joey. Come on, this is going to put you over the top. Yeah, two Ferraris, Joey. They sat down. All right, let's talk. Let's talk with Moa. By the way, I got a, I uh, got a just important message I got here. One guy cuts out. Next thing you know, Joey's alone there. Before you know it, uh, hands up. We're the FBI. It was this thing. The FBI caught everything on tape, the conversation that Joey had with his buddies. And now they caught the other two guys, and they were all in for a possible very long prison sentence. Now, of course, they posted bail. One guy managed to actually escape. The other ratted, gave out information to lighten his sentence. And Joey, little Joey was left holding the proverbial bag. As court date was set, and he was looking at 25 years of his life in jail. And he consulted with a top lawyer, and the lawyer tells him, Hey! You know, kid, I'd, I'd like to help you out, you know, sure. I mean, uh, I do get paid big bucks, but uh, don't look too good. You know, they got everything on tape, 
everything. And uh, <laughs> you need more than a good lawyer to get you off the hook. Yeah, well, you know, I'll do my best. All right, look. We'll start off with, uh, you know, twenty, thirty thousand 30000 retainer and uh, no refund, of course. And uh, at least I'll get the ball rolling for you, Joe. You know what I mean? Next day, Joe was wandering the streets of Low Manhattan. You can imagine how broken he was. Went into a diner to get some meat, and tears were pouring down his face because he knew what he was looking at. Through the window of the diner, there was an elder man, a member of the Jewish community. Saw him through the window. Had a on him, came, sat down next to him, and said, No, you look like you got a problem. Russ is, maybe I can help a bit. Oh, really? What do you know about problems? The older man pulled up his sleeve, rolled it up, and showed Joey the number tattooed on his arm. Well, I um, I know a lot about problems. Hmm. Yeah, sure, maybe I could help you. Come on, let me help you. Joey told him the whole story, also telling him that he, in fact, was Jewish. The elderly man listened and said, you know, you don't really need a lawyer. You need a rabbi. That's what you need. Listen. Come with me. I want you to meet somebody. So bewildered and feeling really broken, Joey, for a reason he couldn't even explain to himself, went along with this elderly fellow who had the number on his arm. Now, this man was very close to the Scullier Rebbe, Zekatzadik of Bracha, a Tzadik of Tzadikin. He took Joey to see him, and he told the Tzadik his story. According to the way Rabbi Waxman tells it, the Rebbe gave Joe a bracha and said, not to worry. There's the show, everything will be fine. No, go to court. Your lawyer will be late, but don't panic. You're going to win in your Tzushim. Now, only a tzaddik should be, would be able to say that, right? Comes the day of the trial. All you in the court, murder in the court, all right. They look at the case and call up Joey. He's there at 9 o'clock promptly, and he takes a look around. And who's there? FBI agents, first row, second row. And they're all waiting to nail Joey. Now he's getting a little nervous. And just as the Rebbe predicted, his lawyer was late. 9.30, his lawyer called. He said, Mr. Fire, hey, Joey, I'm sorry, kid. I'd like to make it, but I'm missing my flight. What can I do, man? Huh? You know, that's the way it goes. Hey, 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 Joey, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, huh? We're, we're going to take care of it for you. So uh, I, I got another lawyer for you. A little young, a little young, you know, a little green, but yeah, yeah, he knows the ropes. Don't worry, you're going to be okay, Joey. Bye. Court is getting very impatient. Finally, 10 a.m. In walks a young, right out of law school youngster. He looked like he couldn't be any more than 21. He says, uh, I'm here to replace your lawyer, Joe. Oh, oh hi, Joe. I want to, wow, this is a real courtroom. Oh, just like in front of a Wow, man, it's a judge. Woo, he looks mean. Wow, black robes and everything. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Joey. I'm going to give you a case. Okay, Your Honor, I'm here. Ready to present the, uh, the, uh, the defense. Did you present the prosecution yet? Uh, judge says, the prosecution will proceed. And they did. 25 years of life was what they were asking, and they just ripped Joey to pieces. They looked at it as an open and shut case, evidence after evidence, 
And then the young lawyer started. Well, for the first five minutes, he sounded okay. Well, it's a writ of habeas corpus, Your Honor, and a case which does have precedence with so-and-so, and he kind of he sounded like a really good lawyer, but then he went totally off. I mean, everybody feels once in a while, don't they, Your Honor? I mean, he, you know, I mean, he didn't mean to do it. I mean, he was going to return the money anyway. <laughs> and he just really was just, I mean, the judge was giving all sorts of looks like, what is this? Who is this guy? What's going on here? At any rate, for an hour, he went off on this dizzy dean really off-the-base routine. And then, after he finishes, after an hour of this filibustering, he was finished, the judge just looks at the prosecution and says, uh, <clears throat> Gentlemen, it's obvious and clear that you really don't have enough evidence against this man. Case dismissed! Adjourned! Now, Joey was shocked. Just like that, boom! His life was saved. He went over to thank the young lawyer and asked him, yeah, how, how did you do it? What happened? Said, well, uh, <clears throat> you know, I uh, did learn a couple of nice little tricks in law school, and, and well, I mean, it is my first case, and, but uh, and, well, uh, I'll tell you the truth: the, uh, the judge is my grandfather, and uh, <laughs> no, he always kind of liked me. I mean, I guess he could have reclused himself from the case, but he managed to find a way around it. And uh, look, listen, you're off, Joey. That's it. Okay, we'll take the money. See ya. Have a nice life, Joey. Glad we got you off. Bye. Now, that story, according to what we understand, actually happened. Now, what seemed hopeless was solved in an instant. And Joey returned to the Rebbe to thank him. The Rebbe told him, my entire Yid, you need to come back to Yiddishkeit and put on tefillin every day. And, Joe, and Joey, who understood exactly what had happened to him in a in a gesture of gratitude, slowly but surely became more aware, more observant of the Yiddishkeit, and became religious. And now, as he commented on that Masechta, that Siyama Masechta in Eretz Israel, talking about how grateful he was to what had happened, and that now he has a, a firm family, and a Mishpacha, Yiddish Kindler, Yiddish Einikla, that is Shomitoyer and Mitzvahs. Kesed v'harbeim ofedus Hashem inki. Hashem has unlimited, unlimited kindness, Kesed, and an abundance of salvation. Therefore, Yachel Yisrael al Hashem, we should always hope to Hashem. True story, with a lot of truth to it. Okay, this is Eric B. A.K. the Red, the Red of the Cause, causes you. Call me. What do you think about the story? You relate to it? What do you think about it? You've been in a situation like that? And on track number two, Abdullah of those, who are you voting for in the election? I'd much rather you talk about the first part of what we talked about, but you can talk about any part, connect any part to which part you feel part of. So, on the story, your comment. Or on the election, your thought, who are you voting for and why? But we need to hear from you right now at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Iran, take it away with a little bit of music. You can interrupt that and come back as soon as somebody gets on the line and says, Yes, I want to speak to parents, be the Reb, and we're here for you on JRoot, the station that does listen to you, great things on board for you, by coaching and, um, and, um, and listen lines are open right here right now, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, or at uh, my private listening coaching line, 848-221-4605. Call us at... Hello there, and good afternoon, and good Kodesh to you. All right. 
Iran? Are we there? Hello? Okay. So as soon as we have somebody on the lines, we'll man the phone lines from Iran. You can let me know. Meanwhile, let's take a little musical break on this Rosh Chodesh Marcheshman, which we hope will be a decent Chodesh, despite the fact that Miriam told me in it. But remember, today is Rosh Chodesh, so that's one, two great days. Then we got Shabbos Chodesh, which is the best of all days. And every day in between, we can sweeten that which is bitter. We'll do it together. Here on J-Root, we'll be back. Call someone 868 All right, we will back even sooner than I thought. Hello there, how are you? Hi, hello? Hello and hi. Parents, be the Reb. What can I do for you? Okay, I have some writing candidates for you for the election, if you're disillusioned with the regular candidates. You have write-in candidates? Yeah. How about left-in candidates? You're going to be on the right. Why aren't you? Why? What, what's wrong with the two candidates that we got right now? I mean, Mrs. Clinton and, and President Trump. Why, why are you I in the right-in I personally do not have any confidence in them. One is just running out of. It was just running for his uh, ego. The uh, the uh, other one. We've seen the other one's accomplishments. Really, what has what has the other one done? Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'm sure she could tell you that, as she has. But um, well, who are your writing candidates? Okay. Well, first, the first one is a protege of. Ronald Reagan. He was Ronald Reagan's co-star in the movie Bedtime for Bonzo, where Ronald Reagan played a college professor that was given the project of teaching Bonzo menschkeit. Bonzo is a chimpanzee. Right. So are you recommending that the chimpanzee be Bonzo be the right Look what else is running. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have we should have a protege of Ronald Reagan in there. Yeah, okay, I doubt that Ronald Reagan would want to consider Bonzo a chimpanzee to be his protege, but okay, and who's next on your list? Okay, why should we have candidates that uh, have us on a collision course, full speed ahead collision course, into the iceberg when we can vote for a candidate that has already rammed us into the iceberg? I mean... So you like to vote for the captain of the Titanic, is what you're saying? That is Captain Smith, yes. I mean, this whole election is nothing but a bottomless cesspool. Mm-hmm. Okay, and next on your write-in list? Okay, well, apparently one of the candidates at the uh, at the debate was, was sounded like uh, Chamberlain's piece in our time, and we saw what that, that brought us. Uh, so apparently he didn't learn his history lesson. I would suggest somebody that doesn't forget the, uh, their history lessons, somebody that doesn't forget an elephant. An elephant doesn't forget, so maybe we should put an elephant in there and maybe put in Baba the elephant. Uh, so you're basically saying you would either like to see a chimpanzee an elephant or a captain. So what's, uh, what's the, uh, what's uh, well, I'll tell you what. Okay, I appreciate it. But in, interesting, I should have mentioned the chimpanzee and elephant, two of whom appeared in Noah's Ark. So that's really uh, very interesting to approach the whole idea of the partial twin. So thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And I, uh, I hope it's not a chimp that anybody will be voting for, because that would make a chump out of everybody else. Use your right to vote and vote for somebody that's going to make a difference. For the call, this is J. Root Radio. Okay. 
Speaking of animals on board the Teva, one of the things that we learn from Noah, Eva told us Noah, Noah is Tzadik Tamim Haya Be'adurasa. So Rabbi Zelot Siskin tells us we should seek the company of people from whom we can learn positive qualities. Rashi cites two opinions in the Gemara, and one of them, I believe they're both in Sanhedrin according to this, and it says, in his generation, the Doros son. Don't see this as a praise of Noah. Even in an evil generation, he was a tzaddik. If he were in a righteous generation, he would be even more righteous, more of a tzaddik. Others see it as a kind of negative spin. Only in his generation was he considered righteous, but if he were living in Avramavina's generation, maybe he would not have been considered anything special. Well, let's give him the bit of the doubt and say that... Um, well, we don't have to give him the benefit of the doubt because Kazal will redo that. In fact, the Qasim Seifer commented on this, that really both opinions are correct, and it's really not an argument. How could both of these opinions be, be correct? Well, listen to what the Qasim Seifer tells us. If Noah would have stayed the way he was in his own generation and in Avram's generation, he would not have been truly special, but the reality would be that if Noah were in Avram's generation, he would have been influenced positively by Avram, and Noah would have been much greater than he actually was, indeed special. Okay? That's how the Torah's most answers that. Now, this is a fundamental lesson on the importance of being in the presence of elevated people. Elevated people. People that are dehubbin people. People that are elevated and holy and good and nice and decent. We are all influenced by our surroundings. When you're close to people who act in an elevated manner, you ever notice you automatically become better, you're influenced in positive ways? So we should associate with people like that, and we should also strive to be people like that. Rajisro Stolanta was asked if he had ever studied under Rabbi Zundel of Salant, who was known to be his Rebbe's teacher. So Rajisro Stolanta replied, I didn't study under him, I saw him. Hear this? Just taking a careful look at his actions and habits were already an entire series of lessons in elevated behavior. Now, I can tell you, if you've ever been around Tzadikim, Gedoyle Torah, or great Rebbitons, or, um, you know, great Jewish women who are role models in their own family, if you ever listened to uh, Rebbitons support a hell of her, or any of her books, or met people like that, you know what I'm talking about. Um, today, I mean, if you ever walked in and you were in the presence of Rebuttal Lechaim, some of the people we talked about before, um, if you were in the presence of Rav Steinman's Rangazunt, or Rav Chaim Kineski's Rangazunt, or Rav Aaron Schefter's Rangazunt, great, great people, Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, all these extraordinary people, if you're in the presence, you feel elevated already. So that's one of the things we need to learn. From, from Noah. Now, I didn't hear from you about what I just said about the story. One fellow called in uh, about you know, the other issue we talked about. But what do you think about the story that I just read here about Joey and um, the theme of the Masekha that he made after having come back to Yiddishkeit? What do you think about that? All right. So let's take a look at one other thing. In the partial, and then I'm going to open up the lines to you one more time. 718 683 5858. 
I think it's important that we make our highest priority to do positive things. And we see this also. We see this also in the Parsha, where it says that, And Noah, man of the earth, profaned himself and planted a vineyard. Rashi Akredish notes that Noah is now called the man of the earth instead of a tzaddik, as he was previously. So I'd ask you, my entire friends, what happened? The first thing he planted after the Malva was a vineyard. But really, he should have planted other things first. For Yeruchim Levavit commented that it was definitely proper for Noah to plant a vineyard. Grapes, which produce wine, are necessary and do have positive uses. But the fact that from all the things he had to plant, Noah chose grapes to start with, shows us kind of his essence. And this lowered his previous level. By what you choose... By what you choose, first you illustrate whether your focus is on Rukhnius or on Gashmius, on spirituality or materialism, says Rabbi Yerukham Levavit in Das Taira. Whenever you have a number of things to choose from, take, take note of what you choose first. This is a powerful tool to gain greater self-awareness, regardless of your present level. Strive to build up such a love for doing good that it will be on the top of your list. First, on your list of things to do. Put that on your to-do list. Things that will build self-esteem in others, self-awareness. No matter where you're holding, strive to build up such a love of doing good. A love of doing good. You imagine if everybody in the world woke, woke up with a love of doing good? Yeah, that's right. I want to do good today. Kaddish Baruch will lead me along the way that I can help somebody else today. Help me. In fact, if you look at the beginning of Nefesh Chaim, usually in, a, in most introductions, in big, bold letters, they have the letter they stated from Reb Yitzhak of Lushen, saying that his father, Reb Chaim of Lushen, Zekatzak of Bracha, he's also Zekatzak of Bracha, used to admonish him that we're not in this world merely for ourselves. We are here, we are here to help as many people as we can, but call a crisis with all our energy and resources that Hashem has given us. That's a mandate that his father told him. And it's a mandate for all of us to help as many people as we can. All right. We're going to take a little musical break, but I do want to hear from you. All right. 718-683-5858. Now, if you'll be amongst the first three people to call, I know we've got to get you the prizes we talked about, and we're going to try to do that. But if you're among the first three people to call in and you leave a contact information, I'm going to treat you to two slices of pizza, um, probably near us in the J Root studio. So if you're in Borough Park, you're going to come to Lapush. Well, let me know. We'll work it out. Two slices of pizza and a, uh, and a soda, diet or not. But you've got to call me in the next uh, five to ten minutes and uh, comment on anything that we're talking about today. 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. This is Paris B, a.k.a. The Reb, The Reb with the Cause. Thanks for joining the Revolution. We'll be back with more. Well, let's hear from you today on j Radio, station that does listen to you. Yes, hi, how are you? Good question to you. Hello? 
Hello? Hello, hello? I must be going. All right. All right. Hello. We'll wait. Yes. Hello? We are. Hello? Hello. Yeah, we, went, we got to the hello part. Now, how are we doing? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm actually calling because I'd really like to put my story on the radio. Um, I'm going through a horrible divorce. I'm married to my husband for 30 years. Um, eight children, 12 grandchildren, and my husband poisoned my eight kids against me. My 12 wow. grandchildren. Of course, um, you don't want to mention on. any names. Well, you don't want to mention any names. This has been going on for six lunch. months now. No, my hello, husband is hello, very ca- hello yeah. there. Yes. One second. We, we, if it would be a benefit to people yeah. to learn from it, we could yeah. hear it out. But you got to make yes, sure not to identify is. yourself. Hold it, hold it, and not mention any names because that would be serious question, horror. Any Russian horror okay. series, right? Okay. But if it's something mm-hmm. which might help somebody, maybe you could share the story with us in an effort to try and help other people. But you yes, got to be very careful about not bad-mouthing anybody else along the way. Is I will. Let me, let me explain something to you. My husband's from a very powerful family. They have money. I've been married for 30 years, abused for 30 years. Um, I kept my mouth shut all the years. My kids have no idea what he did to me. He cheated on me, went to whores, blamed me. It was my fault that I was busy with my kids. And now my son-in-law raped me recently, and he tried to turn it around and make it look like I was having an affair so that I would lose everything, my kids, everything, and he would get out of marriage and nobody would know the truth. Can I ask you something? Have you spoken to uh, Mordecai Weinberger? No, Have you spoken to a therapist? Yes, I'm with a therapist. My problem is, is that the... The Rav who should be involved is my uncle, and the problem is is that my father-in-law supports his yeshiva, and he told me that he's too powerful, basically, meaning that he's supporting his yeshiva, so he won't help me, his niece, because otherwise he'll lose his, his yeshiva. My husband, how do you think we? Rav, how do you think we? How do you think bringing your story on the radio would help you or help anybody else? Before you tell um, me anything else. No. Anybody, anybody who's abused in a marriage should not feel compelled to stay there because it only gets worse. And protecting your husband is never an answer because somebody always ends up getting hurt, whether it's your kids, whether it's you. Keeping the truth in and protecting the person who's the abuser. Um, and letting him believe, letting him make you believe like you're the abuser as opposed to the victim, and letting him tell you all, don't be a victim, don't be a victim. No, you, you can't do that because life is it's not fair. I mean, to go through 30 years of abuse, bring eight beautiful let kids me, to the let me, world, lose everything. Um, have, have you been in touch with any of the organizations that are known no. to be the advocates in situations no. like this of, of abuse? No. Why not? I really haven't. Because I've been I mean, so busy deal, fighting with, all, they, I'm with lawyers just trying with to stay alive. Just, I'm just trying to stay alive day by day. Every day it's something else with him. Well, he does, okay, he does, well, let he me does, just tell you something. You, yeah. Okay, even if... Well, what we recommend in situations like mm-hmm. this is there are agencies that are skilled, trained, ready, willing, and able, and they will take care of the anonymity of it to protect your anonymity, and they will understand where you're coming from, they will listen, and they will help. I don't want you to waste another second. I want you do you know who the organizations are? No, but let me, let me explain to you something. Anybody that I have tried to call to help, my husband finds out, and he bribes them, and they will, will not help. They there are going to be people, listen, they're going to be, they're going, 
there are going to be people that are not going to be able to be bribed. There's organizations in Brooklyn that will not be able to be bribed. I want you to get on the phone. I want you to call the Buddha, call the Buddha yeah. Israel now. Ask yeah. them if they have one of their um, branches that deals with uh, spousal abuse. I also know there's the um, the label helpline, but there are numerous, numerous organizations, and all you got to do is find the right one. And one of them is going to be above and beyond being touched by somebody that's rich and powerful. We will have to be. I do not want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to give up. Okay? You can call. Yeah. You can call again. Okay? okay. We, you know anything that we I can do to help you? I just want. Should be I just calling. Want... I want you to call. I want you to call. Have you spoken to Mordechai Weinberger? No, I just want, I want my kids to know the truth that I've been hiding this whole time because I was trying to protect their, their father and their father filled their heads with so many lies. My kids curse at me. They call me by my first name. They, they cross the street when they see me. They spit at me. That's so hard and so, so difficult. You have to know you're not alone. I want, the first call I want you to make right after this is I want you to call the Good Israel, get their phone number, and ask them if they have one of their organizations and which mm-hmm. ones they can recommend that deals with spousal abuse. You tell them that it's critical and urgent okay. and that you're suffering, and can they put you in touch with that? If not, okay. if not, you can call us back. But I want you to get uh, Mordecai Weinberger's number and get through to him because he will have a list of all the agencies, and he does okay. broadcast. Um, on on J-Root, and he, as a trained therapist, will get you to the agencies that you need. This is not going to be just a phone call for a talk show. You need real help. That means an advocate who can get in there and protect you legally and physically if necessary. So are you going to call the Agudas Israel as soon as we're done with this call? Okay. How do I get their number? Do you have an option on your phone? You dial 411 and call Aguda Israel of America. Manhattan, okay. tell them you would like to speak to somebody at one of the races that deals with spousal abuse. Can they refer you? And they will do it. And don't get off the phone until somebody gives five to five, so you're going to have to you know, hurry up or, or try in the morning. Or ask okay. friends and neighbors. There are people, in that, and you want to make sure that it's discreet, that to tell them that you're afraid, that because whoever you know, you're dealing with is in a situation where they've been known to you know, interfere, that you're afraid reason why you have to be afraid. Hashem should help you, he should protect you, and he should get you out of this mess in a way which will... Um, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to family court tomorrow, and I have a partial um, order of protection against him because Antishabov, he threw a mattress at me, and he wants to allege that it didn't happen, so he's trying to... Do you um, have a lawyer? You have a yeah, lawyer? I have a lawyer. But he's trying. He's trying to like make me not credible in every which way. That's why he's using the rape as, as an affair, to make me look not that's Who brought the case to the court? Who brought the case to court? Him or you? Um, what happened was that he wanted he so he wanted out afterwards. He want, he's been planning a divorce for years. He wanted he wanted to be divorced because when I found out eighteen years ago that he was going to hookers and he was having affairs. Has he gone? He, has he gone to a basement? No, because he bought all the all the judges on base, and he tried to get me to base. You can't buy. You can't buy all the judges on the base. I promise you. I promise you. He did. And he wanted to put me into Khairan, but at that point, we were already in Supreme Court, so my, my lawyer called up the Basin and said, listen, we're already in Supreme Court. We're not okay, one second. Okay. Wait, so if you pass Basin, normally we try to avoid going to our courts. We try to go avoid going to court, but if you're in that situation already, do you have a lawyer? 
Yes, I have a lawyer. I get your lawyer, lawyer on the case and get them on the phone right away. Call the good assistant. Two phone calls you got to make. Call the mm -hmm. good assistant. Get them on the line and get a referral agency where you can mm -hmm. speak discretion and get your lawyer on the case. All right? Let us know how you're doing. Hashem should help. Thanks for the call. This is Parents V on uh, J-Root Radio. It looks like we've got to sign off in about two minutes to uh, our next broadcast. All right, that's a difficult call to take and a difficult call to listen to. But uh, obviously there are people that are going through things that we would never want to go through. So let's misfollow for her and whoever else is involved that the right thing should be done and a Kaddish Baruch who should help rescue the party that is innocent. We, you know, you can't know without hearing both sides, but you can't hear the suffering. So let's dive in that the result. This is Parents V, a.k.a. The Rev. The Rev with the cause, and the cause is you. Davin, Davin, and Davin. The Kurdish world can do anything. You can call me on my private coaching line, 848-221-4605. Let me know how you're doing. Thanks for joining us. Remember to support J. Root Radio. Iran, take it away with a little music, and let's just follow that woman, whatever she's going through, which is dire and is not going to be remedied with a Band-Aid of just one phone call. Hopefully... Yeshua is on its way. Let's follow him for her. All right. Parents B, a.k.a. The Red, right here on J. Root Radio. Stay tuned for more. Green light straight ahead. I don't claim to know everything. You can't talk to me about anything. Remember, in the words of Hill, the rest is commentary. Now go and learn. Good night, New York. Good morning, Yerushalayim. <laughs>